Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Gina. And I'm Nicole. And today is our 100th episode. We are dishing out another Q&A, a look at our favorite episodes from the past, and of course, a lovely giveaway, which we're so excited to tell you about. But of course, as always, we're going to do some catching up first. Nicole, what's new? I have bad news, Gina. I went to the doctor for a physical after not quite 18 months, but it was past a year because of COVID. Um, had, went in for my blood work. Everything was mostly fine. You and I have talked about our LDL cholesterol before. <laughs> and um, so mine has historically, I'll just share, been in the 140s, which is too okay. high. Mm-hmm. And um, it has come down. It's 129, which is great. Oh, However, yeah. my HDL, my good cholesterol that you want high, went from in the 60s to the mid 40s. Oh. And worse yet, my my triglycerides are high. How high? You don't have to share. 209. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It was, What's it normal? Was, 150? 150. Yeah. Okay. But typical for me is like under 100. So we chatted yeah. through it and I love my provider. I'm kind of a fan of um, mid-levels or, or advanced, uh, what do they call it? Advanced practice practitioners or something. Mm-hmm. APPs, whatever, blah, blah, blah. She's a nurse practitioner. Love her to pieces. And we chatted through it and she's, she, we can speak honestly. And she's like, have, have you been maybe drinking more? And I was like, here's the thing. Yes. Is it a problem? Yeah. Absolutely not. Like a hard no. I, I, I feel there's no concern there for me or anyone in my life. That's the good news. Yeah. The bad news is I'm so social <laughs> and everything social involves alcohol. And I do love alcohol. I've said it on the show. Like I would choose a beer ahead of dessert. Mm-hmm. Every time. Mm-hmm. Like keep your guacamole in your cupcake. Give me a beer. Like I love yeah. alcohol. I do. I love the taste. Um, I, I don't like it's not an effect thing. So I'm really buckling down um, just because it's it's not. Yeah, I, I can't pinpoint anything else that would drive it. And she said sure. that, you know, triglycerides move pretty quickly. So she said, you know, if this is like a recent thing where you've just noticed that you're more social. Um, mm-hmm. So she's rechecking them in three months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, that's, that's good. I, I do. I want to say this though. And especially because I, I, I know what you're saying and I don't think it, I don't want it to come off the wrong way. Yeah. You don't have to have alcohol to be social. And I know. I know you know that I do, but I will tell you because trust me, the only reason I really full heartedly believe this is because my husband doesn't drink anymore. And I was worried for him when he first stopped drinking. Like, how are we going to be social? It's awkward. Like, what am I going to tell people when he doesn't drink? And now I'm so used to it. And now actually I've started ordering the non-alcoholic beers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I buy, you know, last night we went to dinner, uh, the four of us. And I actually, for the like, I rarely don't get an alcoholic beverage when we go to dinner, but I just got soda water with lime. And with practice, it, no, it will take a lot of practice, but with (laughs) practice, you can at least, you know, Make a goal, a smart goal, like one outing per week or even mm-hmm. per month. If that's more realistic, I will choose a non-alcoholic beverage. So just start small. 
Thanks. It was, I think yeah. it was just, even our pool, there's a bar. I mean, it's mm. like everywhere oh, yeah. in the summer and boating, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. I'm justifying. But you're right. I have a lot of opportunities to practice. I think for me, it was just the first time I had gone to a medical appointment and been like, mm, I don't love this, right? Like, yeah. even though I struggled with my weight, I've always been healthy, right? Like, it was the mm-hmm. first time I was like, this isn't what I want to course correct because it's important for my health, right? Like, it's not like this is that is my motivation 100% because it's like this is my life, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, I get anyway, it. So, what's well, going on with I you? Think, I think you'll be fine. <laughs> um, try the non alcoholic beers, especially if you are being truly honest when them. you say, I yeah, do love okay. them. Because they've got not some as great much ones now. as right. like a 200, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, nothing beats too hard at all. <laughs> all right. So really not a whole lot going on. I know I mentioned that we're getting a cat. I'm waiting for, I'm actually, I, I'm the cat saga has has kind of taken a turn. I, I'm not sure if the cat we were going to get is still the same one we're going to get. I might just end up taking Paige to the um, the shelter on her birthday to pick one out on her own. But anyway, we'll all more updates to come. I am planning Paige's birthday. It's not until August, but of course I've already started planning because why not? August is like the beginning of my craziness. So I'm trying to get as much done now uh, before my craziness at work starts. And so it's just going to be a real small party actually here. We're going to have a pinata, get the bouncy house out. And we got a little pool to put at the bottom of our slide on our swing set. So it'll just be simple and fun and just what she needs. It's actually the day before she starts, or I'm sorry, two days before she starts first grade. Oh, wow. her birthday is the day before she starts first grade, but her party will be two days. You guys start early then. We yeah, we do. We start August eighteenth. Oh, mm-hmm. man, is that early? Because you guys start in September, is that right? Yeah, after Labor Day. Jeez, yeah, that's that's late. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. <sighs> All right, uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about the parenting coach. I know I had mentioned it last time, but we'll save that for maybe the catch up on our next episode. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. So about every month we, or I'm sorry, every other month is more likely. We like to ask our listeners, so you out there, to submit questions, anything from nutrition questions to raising kids or, uh, you know, what it's like to be a dietitian, or of course, anything personal that you've been dying to know about us, which I know you are, got a question about um, St. Joe's, which is kind of cool. Today's our 100th episode, as we said at the top of this of this episode. So of course, we had to make it a little extra fun. So not only a Q&A, but we're going to end with our top three favorite episodes out of all the 100 episodes that we've done. I can't believe I'm saying that. And we started back in 2018, which I had to check that. It just seems like forever ago. Uh, but wow. We did start though December. In 2000, yes, December of 2018. So technically it's only been two and a half years, but still, I'm very proud to Pretty to sure that. we tried in like September and it literally took three months to just figure out. Oh my gosh. We're a little tech challenged. Um, yeah. And we creating are, a podcast yeah. is a high quality, like just audio podcast is not as easy as it sounds. Like it actually requires some equipment, knowledge, yeah. fast internet connection. Yeah. And, and some good brains behind the podcast too. Thank you, Brian. Yes. (laughs) And we'll also be sharing a a giveaway at the end of this episode. So of course, stay tuned. We're just going to go ahead and dive right into the questions. And this is from Emily. She says, listening to the heart health episode, what are some stress management or relaxation ideas? Nicole, we'll start with you. I'm not very good at this. 
I will <laughs> say I will do the five minute meditations for my phone. The Peloton app, as I've mentioned, is kind of my go to, but there are lots of apps out there. Many of them are free. Um, I also, I think that's very grounding. Sometimes I won't actually close my eyes, but if I'm alone in the car, I'll also play a meditation. I actually, I really enjoy it. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, the car seems to be like the place where I find myself alone that I can just be a bit more present. Um, and I'll also try to carve out just five to 10 minutes of Kindle reading before bed. For me, that is pretty much the number one way that I can quiet just the background noise of my brain on overdrive. Um, I also think that it's super healthy for me, not physically, but more emotionally and mentally to get out of my office and walk um, sometime in the middle of the day. Super helpful. That's why it's my goal, right? We went over that on the last episode. Um, Yeah, just get away from the office. It's very relaxing. Um, And I think my number one, and I would say this might be debatable as to whether it's quality time, but the most relaxing part of my day is a two for one. I get full on snuggles during my kids TV time. I just sit on the couch and Piper literally lays on me like I'm a, what is that? A chaise lounge. Is that how you pronounce it? That sounds right. Yeah. I I mean, she's getting a little big for it. (laughs) She's going to be five and she's I'm like eating her hair and but she's there like covering me like a blanket and Shay sits on my left side, always my left side. Um, and she rubs my earlobe. Like that's her thing. She sucks her thumb and rubs my earlobe. And I snuggle with them. I like just rub their backs, their necks. I, it just, they're both very touchy feely people. Um, that's like their love language. And then I can usually sneak in a little bit of Kindle reading too. So it's like everybody's needs are being met in that time. And it's just such a recharge. Oh, I love that. I do try to come downstairs and cuddle with my kids while they're watching television. Cause I think to myself, they're happy right now, but I still want to be with them. Mm-hmm. So if I can, I'll come down and, and, and grab a snuggle. I, I love that. Yeah. So I'll add to that just, and, and we actually have an episode coming up in one of our uh, self-care series episodes, really just about your basic needs and making sure that those are being met. Uh, basic needs, meaning water, food, sex, shelter. And I'm not saying that you have to have sex with someone else. This could mean like just you know, <laughs> that kind of pleasure. Um, and I think I'm missing one. Like it's, I, I can't remember what I'm missing, but, uh, but I think the bottom line is, and these, this idea is really woven throughout the whole intuitive eating book and just the whole intuitive eating program, uh, as a whole, like every single principle really is <clears throat> tied to self-care and making sure that you're first taking care of your basic needs and really beyond that as well. So think about that. So if you're having a trouble with stress management and need ways to relax, first ask yourself, am I taking care of my basic needs? Am I taking time for myself and with my friends as well? <laughs> Maybe that's what it is, social interaction. Now I can't even remember what it is, but that's definitely part of, of taking care of you and self-care. I would say like what you said, the breathing app on my watch though I, I did actually change my watch face on my Apple watch where I don't have the rings anymore because that was kind of causing me some, not necessarily anxiety, but I would look at it throughout the day and it just didn't, it wasn't good for me. And now I have the breathing, the little breathing app on there and I'll try to hit it once a day and do like a two minute, just stop, regroup and breathe, deep breathing exercise, which has been nice for me. Uh, and I would say also, and this is something that I just think that some people just aren't taking advantage of, and that is your work benefits. So, you know, I think a lot of workplaces have an EAP, which stands for Employee Assistant 
assistance program uh, and make sure that if you have the ability to talk to someone, even if it's just once a month, that you really take advantage of that. So whether you can get that through your EAP or you have to pay for it out of pocket, you know, even if it's just once a month or once every other month, but finding someone, uh, preferably someone who does it for a living to talk to, or if not, you know, finding a friend that you can always count on or a family member to talk to, because I know that's something that sometimes I feel like I'm missing. Uh, I do have a lot of people that I can talk to, but, um, and I'm still trying to find a good counselor. I've kind of, I've been a, I, I would say I'm a chronic counselor uh, bouncer. I go from one to the next. I just haven't found that perfect one. It does take some time, mm-hmm. but I think it's important to to keep looking and I'm probably going to do that. It's been weird with Zoom, you know, with COVID. Everyone's doing it on Zoom now. I just don't love that. So I've kind of been in a lull in that area of my life, but finding someone else who can kind of take their place for a while, a friend, a family member that you can talk to about all your, all the things. It's helpful. Absolutely. All right. So Colleen asks, any uh, advice on salary negotiations or increasing pay as a dietitian? And I'm really going to let you take this one, Nicole, because you have a lot here. (laughs) Well, I have a lot of experience with it. I would say I've I've had the spectrum. Um, So I would start with knowing what the going rate for a dietitian is in your area. Cost of living is going to have a lot to do with this. Um, And the area of dietetics that you're in as well. So I don't know a ton, but based on my recall, clinical dietitians, particularly working the inpatient space, um, would make a lot, a, a significant amount less than like a, somebody in food service, which tends to be one of the higher paid um, areas of dietetics and um, or specialties. So that's a huge reason, honestly, that I pursued the CDE out of the gates. I accrued my CDE hours and some of them, I should say, and then kind of life took me on a different course. And it was largely the the salary that had me back in, in addition to loving diabetes. You guys know that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I would say not being a generalist dietitian, uh, but being more specialized. Um, to be, yeah. And that's just going to differentiate yourself in the market that market that will allow you to just leverage um, and negotiate salaries a bit better. Dietitian, dietetics being a female-dominated industry, it's really blunted the negotiating power of dietitians. So find ways in your current role to take on any additional duties or responsibilities that, again, can be used to justify higher pay. You can't just say, I'm really good at my job, so you should pay me more. Like You have to assign a why. Um, and if you can put data or measurements or outcomes or uh, drive value, um, you know, care improvement, all of those, uh, that's going to be all the more helpful. Um, if the above, att- if after the above attempts, which take time, sometimes years, you're still unhappy, I would strongly advise considering a job change. I think people fear change, um, but dietetics is is a job is an area where it's I can't it's not super hard to find a job if you have experience in most areas of the U.S. Um, Diet. It seems, at least, that there are a lot of dietitians uh, looking for jobs, and I think a lot of that has to do with their uh, internships. I know you and I have talked about that, Gina. They're, they're so competitive that it's like there's never this huge influx of dietitians coming into the the workforce because there's a bottleneck at the dietetic intern position. You know that spot in in the chain. Um, so if you can get comfortable with changing jobs and can get offered higher pay, you could also use that as leverage against your current employer. However, I'm married mm-hmm. to HR here, so I will warn um, <laughs> that if you do that and you have an offer for more money, 
but perhaps you would be happier staying in your current role, you got to get your mind around that. You have to really be strategic and open to wholeheartedly a job change for the reason that's most important to you. And if that's money, then it's a move you should make. Um, so and at the end of the day, I think salary is simply just more important to some diet or I shouldn't say important, important and or just just a necessity for some dietitians uh, than others. Uh, but I think aggressive moves are important or transitioning to an area of dietetics that's simply higher paid. I think my biggest advice, just so you know, is not to be emotional about it and to truly consider what's important to you. So whether that's flexibility, job satisfaction, location, pay, you can't have it all. Um, as a piece of hope, uh, I will offer that my career began at 60% less than what I make today, and that was only 12 years ago. Um, wow. I am a dietitian who is 100% satisfied with my salary. Yeah, we've talked about your salary before. I would be, I would be satisfied with that too. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and what was I going to say about that? You have um, something to add. I know you do. Well, it's funny because in my, what, 15 years as a dietitian, I've, well, first of all, I've been in my current role for eight years and anyone who knows where I work, and this is true with most, I, well, I shouldn't say most, but college university settings, generally their, their way of getting your, you in the door is by selling you on their benefits mm-hmm. and not the salary, which is completely fine with me because while my salary isn't, it's fine. It's not, I've, you know, I think- compared to other roles of dietitians, like for example, clinical dietitians who just do not get paid enough. I'm in food service, like you mentioned. So I'm Mm -hmm. like one of the higher paid Mm -hmm. dietitians, but still compared to others, like in the um, uh, private sector, I'm just not getting paid that much. But the benefits for me outweigh that and benefits all around, not just health benefits, but also just like flexibility benefits and just the job overall. Uh, but anyway, what I was going to say is I, I, I do think also I will add that, you know, not to be shy and it never hurts to ask. I know it can be awkward kind of starting that conversation, especially depending on what kind of relationship you have with your boss or your HR department. And but I would just say, don't be shy. I know that's easier said than done. Know your worth and also do your research. I know you kind of already said that. But for me, where I work, you know, in dining uh, for a university, I would want to find out what other dietitians in my same role are making. So do your research and find that out as as well as you can because you you can ask, you can, you know, send emails, you can make phone calls and find out or look it up on the internet if it's available because some places it is and, you know, create all your notes, create all your data so you have all the information so when they ask you a question or they come back with something, you've got all the answers. Uh, so definitely do your research um, before before you do that. But I think most importantly, don't be shy. And if if you want something, ask for it, or else you're never going to get it. Do you ha- you have a couple people who report to you as well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one person. Yeah, but that makes Actually, a difference too. I do have three. You're right. Yeah, I I have well, I have one full time dietitian, and then two students, and then some interns. Mm-hmm. But yes, that is that is very true. Although it's funny when I did get a direct report, I did not get a salary raise. Oh, okay. Interesting. I know. I know. And I never even asked for one. So as I'm answering this question, it just, I don't know. I've, I've never been someone, I just know that I, my job is for me, it's not about the salary. It's about the other benefits. And so I'm not motivated by salary a whole lot. I'm just not, I'm motivated by other things. I think what sucks for dietitians is just in 
in healthcare in general, it's not like if you're married to somebody in the corporate world like I am, mm-hmm. the your pay can bounce, like your pay can go up largely. Like, you know, with a with a raise, yeah. with a this, with a job transition. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really happen in healthcare. Like if it, right. so I would say that starting rate is super important. I would go into most healthcare jobs and expect cost of living adjustments. I would agree with that. And I would also say always counter when you get an offer. Yes. I've known some people who say, I never counter. I would never not counter. For you mm-hmm. to not counter uh, something that they're, they're expecting you to counter. They're not going to say, oh, you're countering. You're not getting, you're not going to be hired. I'm not going to hire you. No one says that. They expect you to counter and they would be more shocked if you didn't. And make sure that you're asking all the details about what you have to pay for to be in this job. For example, do you have to pay to park? Do you have to pay? I mean, well, how much does it cost for healthcare? So that when you're figuring out what to counter, you can have all that information. That is something that I sh- should have thought about when I was hired eight years ago because I didn't realize I had to pay to park where I work, which made me so mad. Uh, you know, oh, close to $100 a month. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's another little tip for you. Make sure that you know all the things that you're going to have to pay for in order to take this job. That's not, I don't think that's very common having to pay to park, but it definitely is something that happens. Um, it's not, it's not not common. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So before we move on to the next question, I wanted to real quickly. So the basic needs, and again, I think we're doing an episode on this, but you know, when I said sex, I think what I meant to say was just having intimate relationships. It doesn't necessarily have to mean sex, but I think, you know, if you look it up in on some websites, it might say like reproduction, but just intimacy in general. Uh, you know, you said cuddling with your children. I mean, that can, that can count there too. Love needs, feeling loved and loving others, security, safety, warmth, rest, sleep. So those are some of the things you need to make sure are being taken care of. Um, in order for you to make sure that you are, uh, you know, free of stress or at least have less stress in your life. You've got to get those taken care of first. Take care of you first, just like you would on the airplane. I'm actually reading that body kindness book. I've, I've really been enjoying it. And she was talking a little bit about that, making sure that you always take care of you first. And that starts with your basic needs. All right. So I digress. <laughs> Question number three. So <laughs> random, Gina. Uh, backtrack. <laughs> I had to go back. I'm sorry. so funny. Okay. So what's the, this is for you, Nicole. What is the best part about living in St. Joe? And what is your favorite restaurant? I combined these. These were actually from Christy asked the first question. And then I think it's pronounced uh, Elise asked the second about uh, favorite restaurant. So, okay. Number one, why I love where living where I live, which is St. Joe, Michigan, which is Southwest, uh, very Southwest. T- first and foremost is the lake. Um, I get to see a huge body of water every day and that to me is therapy. Um, I can get to a beach within five to 10 minutes with easy parking in out. It's great. I love the water. The beach makes me happy. I spend as much time there as possible. Cost of living is phenomenal. We have a ton of breweries and wineries, but the breweries are better. Uh, we have two ice rinks in our town. Y'all know I play hockey. It's 90 minutes from Chicago, which is super to just be able to zip right over there. So travel's easy, close to my family. We have super public schools. We have absolutely no traffic and it's a small enough place that you can kind of know people everywhere you go. Or if you prefer, you can kind of fly under the radar if that's your thing as well. Um, I, yeah, it's, 
it's just an easy place to live. Very kid-friendly, family-friendly. Um, yeah, it's all about the lake. I always say between Memorial Day and Labor Day, at least, I feel like I am on vacation every single day. That's awesome. I love it. Love as that. far as favorite restaurants, if you're visiting the area, I would strongly recommend checking out Plank's Tavern. It's in um, a newer hotel. It's got a really fun vibe on the water. They have a great brunch. But if you want something a little less popular, we have a saying around here that there's all the FIPS everywhere. <clears throat> Illinois people um, is what we call them. <laughs> so okay. yeah, you can. And, and, oh, and if you're from um, Ohio, you're a FOP. Oh, so it's FOP. You're a FOP. If you're okay. if you've got a an Ohio license plate around here. Um, so Phipps and Fops. Um, <laughs> so if you, when all the Phipps and Fops are around, we go to less popular places that are still on the water. And I would recommend Tavern on the River. It's basically just bar food, but it's really fun to watch like all the boats going up and down the river. Um, yeah. So I would recommend those two places. Okay. I do love, nice. I love where I live. I do. We enjoyed visiting. It was just kind of a poor weather when we were there, unfortunately. Such so we'll have to weather. come back. Actually, my mom was here uh, this weekend and she said, when are we going to go visit Nicole? Anytime. <laughs> my best friend, Diane. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She wants to come see you guys for sure. Awesome. So we'll have to make a little, another little vacation out of that. All right. So question number four, please tell me how uh, <laughs> the two of you fit in working out and cooking a meal on a work day, even with kids. And I'm actually going to go ahead and start here because I think my answer, I, I will just say, Nicole, sometimes I want to ask you this, but I think. I can't wait to hear your answer because I think that you actually do this. And I will say, I don't necessarily do this. I mean, I certainly fit in a workout and I have two kids. I do not cook a meal every day. I put something on my kids' plates every day. I probably cook maybe one, if I'm lucky, two recipes a week. And you can go back to last week's episode to find out what those recipes tend to be. Uh, generally I, here's my big goal is not to put too much pressure on you or too much mom guilt. Again, that was probably two episodes ago. And I think I also said this last week where I have, I've come to a, a time in my life and I'm just at a season right now where I have certainly taken a step back from cooking for my kids and for my family. And I've, cause I've realized that they just need my attention more. And I've, I've opted to focus more on that. Than cooking in the kitchen because it really is virtually, I don't want to say impossible, but nearly impossible to fit in a workout, a full-time job, cooking a meal or preparing a meal and giving enough time with your kids. So mm -hmm. long story short, I will say this. The only way I work out is if I do it in the morning at the butt crack of dawn and that's at <laughs> 5.30 in the morning. Um, if I don't do that, there's no way I'm working out. I also plan out my meals on Sundays. And when I say plan out my meals, I will literally just write Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday on a calendar and then write out an idea for what I might make. Generally, one or two of those days, it will be a recipe uh, or a slow cooker, pressure cooker, whatever it is. I just have my quick meals in there. And I will also look in the refrigerator at that time and kind of see what needs to be used. So for example, I had this grilled chicken with the uh, a panko. Actually, it's, it's my mom win from, uh, it's my mom win today. And I had that left over in the fridge today. So I said, okay, well, I'll just chop that up and add it to some rice for some dinner with some broccoli and tandoori sauce. Anyway, looked in my refrigerator, based my meal prep on that. Uh, let's see. I generally try to make my meal cooking, you know, 10 to 15, maybe 20 minutes at most if I can, because like you said, it's really hard to fit in any more time than that. 
And I'm a real huge fan of the slow cooker, putting in meals before I leave for work and coming back to a nice, you know, aroma filled kitchen and having a meal already prepared. Yeah. What about you, Nicole? How do you do it? Um, okay. Well, two comments before I go into my answer, I guess. The first is um, that because of my food blog, I would say I do have a welcomed pressure around this. So I mm-hmm. have to create new content, right? Like, so that yeah. just takes time. And then the photographing takes time and and that can get a little bit stressful. Um, and that's why I only post two to three recipes a week because I can't do that every night. And I have only. done that every night. Yeah. I, I can't well, believe you do two to three. That is, I used to do seven I used to post seven days a week. It was, it was too much. Two to three is, two is my minimum. Three is my goal. And I'm, I'm happy if I'm within there. Um, but that is a source of income for me. So I look at that as like a part-time gig, if you will. It's a part-time gig that I really enjoy. Um, and then number two, I forgot. Uh, lost it. I'll see what comes back to me. Okay. Um, but I would say because of that. Oh, and I, yeah, just planning. Like I, we don't schedule our kids a lot of like evening activity stuff. They're still young enough that I feel like we're still in that sweet spot of not running to and to and from like all evening long. I look at some of my coworkers with older kids and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're in, you leave work and you are literally running from like this practice to that practice mm-hmm. and dropping this kid off. I'm like, this is what's headed my way. Like these are kind of the sweet years, the glory years, if you will, where no. you can fully control your kids. No, no, no. no. I, I, I won't accept that for an answer. Denied. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I These are not the glory years, Nicole. <laughs> I don't I don't know the name of who asked this question, but I would say I recognize this as a stressful time of the day for me. And so we did several years ago decide that we were going to hire somebody to be in our home after school, um, after daycare, if you will. So that includes picking up the children, making lunches for the next day, perhaps unloading the dishwasher, um, perhaps baths. It's two hours. Is it hard to find the right person? Yes. We've gone through a multi, we've gone through 87-year-old Mimi, who was um the sweetest little grandmother, and we all called her Mimi. And she moved to um back home. She was from Arizona. Arizona, no, Colorado. Sorry, Colorado. So Mimi left. And then we had Jess. I actually found Jess through care.com. And I share all these details because some parents may be interested in this and think, huh, two hours a day, that might be worth my sanity. Um, Jess was a grad student who was available in the afternoon hours, lived close by, and she was a rock star. Like she was militant in like the most mothering, amazing way possible. And we're still like super good friends with her. And now we have Hannah. We've had Hannah for going on two years, actually. And Hannah loves working part time and my kids adore her. So I think it takes time and effort to find somebody that you trust. But that two hours, Monday through Thursday, has been life changing. And I would call it a form of self-care. Um, mm, yeah. So super fortunate, blessed, like you said, Gina, to find those people. Um, and they've really become kind of like part of our family. So I just found as a full-time working mom who often, not so much anymore, but pre-COVID had a husband who was often traveling to possibly more weeks out of the country. I felt like I couldn't do it alone. Like I just, I needed help. I needed a second pair of hands that was like, available to me. Um, Mark travels less, but I don't, that's not going to be the case forever. 
uh, blah, 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 blah. Now that we're a bit older and kind of not, oh, and the girls, I'm sorry. When they wanted me all the time, I would say it was a lot harder and I felt more pressure. I would bring them into the kitchen with me. So if your kids are that age, I would invite them in. Now that my kids aren't in the same class or even the same school anymore, I noticed that at that end of the day, like that four o'clock, five o'clock, they want one another. They crave that time um, together, which is a beautiful thing as a mother to see. Um, And so then that kind of allows me the dinner kind of prep and I can hop into that. Um, But yeah, and then I don't shower until like after the kids are watching TV at like 7, 730 and then I join them. Um, But like you, Gina, I don't I don't cook every day. I really don't. Um, I try and be strategic and cook when I have more time. Like for me, that's always Sundays before hockey Um, and then one to two nights a week something super quick and easy. And I I will plan shorter workouts on the nights that I'm doing a, something a bit more intricate. So. Okay. Yeah. I think that's, that's good to sort of plan what's going on that day, depending on that. Yes. That's, you know, for example, yeah. We and have other things going things, on this week. I yeah. have a short commute to work. I have a good mm-hmm. work schedule. A lot of people, I, I have a, that, another reason I love St. Joe, like I have it good and I know that some people are commuting an hour each way. You know, they, they're working long hours. Like I don't have a lot of those factors that other people, that other working people have. Do you feel the same or do you feel, I, yes. you work longer yes. hours, I would say. Uh, I, I do. I mean, technically I do work from eight to five, um, but I have been I, very, I'm so lucky to say that I've been able to come home around three 30 since last year around this time. So I can at least unpack get something started on the, you know, in the kitchen and then kind of complete my work before the kids get home around, you know, 4.30 or five o'clock. That has been life changing for me. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, that's been super nice. And then sometimes I'll just put in some extra hours on the weekend since I know that, you know, I do leave work at 3.30 and I might not necessarily put an hour and a half in. Um, So I'll, I always, I I actually, it's kind of one of the downsides of bringing my computer home. I end up working on the weekends, but it's fine. I don't mind because Mm -hmm. I'm, I feel so lucky that I get to come home at three 30, not even, not every night day, but generally I'm home by four o'clock. Do you pick up the kids or does Nick? Nick does. Okay. So I bring them in the morning and he picks them up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. It's been nice. Yes. All right. So our favorite episodes over the past 100 and I'll let you go ahead and start. Okay. Sex therapist Jose Gonzalez. Wasn't that yes. a fun episode? Uh, yeah, talking about sex. Of course, it was fun. It was great. It was raunchy. <laughs> it was a little raunchy. It was, it was fun. good though. That's it what was, we needed. Yeah, it was good. I should we have. Some I raunch. should have pulled the episode numbers on these, but I did not. Breastfeeding. It's fine. We'll put the links in our show notes. So it's, okay, it's all good. Good call. Um, yeah. breastfeeding was one of our first ones. I shouldn't say breastfeeding. We talked. You and I had pumping experience. We had breastfeeding experience. We had mm-hmm. um formula experience. So I, I feel like we had a really good balanced approach. And for me, that was probably the first time I was like, oh God, I just said that on air when I talked about part of my nipple falling off. Um, that was a very, like, it's still, I was like, oh, we're going there. And there's been plenty more said since then. But, um, yeah. and I will say, I really enjoy our Q and A's. Yeah, me too. Me too. No one in now, particular sticks out, but. Breastfeeding, was that the breastfeeding bloopers or did we do one on just breastfeeding? I can't remember. Um, well, both were good, but I, it was the initial breastfeeding episode. Okay. So we did. So one of my favorites then was our breastfeeding bloopers. We Mm -hmm. actually said some of our hilarious stories about breastfeeding and or pumping. And then we also had uh, listeners write in with some of their stories. And there were also just some, any feeding infant stories. Uh, So anything went honestly 
And we took, and it was just really, really funny. So if you want a good laugh, you'll have to go back to listen to that. I'll give an example. I forgot the little phalange thing on my p- breast pump once and tried to use it without it. And it basically like sucked my nipple into like this, <laughs> this um, cylinder that hurts. It was like the worst pain I've ever felt. Uh, yeah. So stories like that where you think, oh my gosh, what am I doing? What have I gotten myself into? Just really, really funny. Uh, I liked the episode with our moms where we interviewed our moms separately. I thought that was a lot of fun. I got to know your mom, even though I've never mm-hmm. actually met her. And it was really fun for me to interview my mom as well. It was just kind of a, a nice little bonding time over some wine. Uh, the ice cream novelty episode, because <laughs> it was just so fun. I do not think that was one of our more popular episodes. However, it was so tasty. And I looked forward to that so much. Basically, uh, our, our listeners do not like if we eat on air. They're like, could you not? (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. So if you haven't noticed over the past six months, we've done zero eating um, on air. So you're welcome for that. We might Uh, bring it back because it's fun for us though, right? Exactly. (laughs) I know last week when you, or two weeks ago, when you asked what my, what, which episode I looked forward to the most, I kind of forgot about, first of all, our beer episode and our ice cream novelty episode. And here's the thing. Someone uh, messaged me the other day and they said, you know, my my wife is pregnant and she has gestational diabetes. What are some good frozen novelties she can enjoy? And I said, ooh, listen to our ice cream novelty episode. Any of those because they're portion control. They're perfect. Uh, so I think that they 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 listened and they actually got to enjoy that episode, even though no one else did. No, I'm just kidding. Funny. <laughs> and then, of course, the raising adventurous eaters with feeding littles Megan McNamee. It was just, I don't know. I, I still take so much advice from her from that from that episode. So if you haven't listened to that, I would highly encourage going back to read that. Just so many of the things she said, I, I still use today. And I just really appreciated her because I know she's super busy. And we just felt so, I don't know, it was so great that she took the time to be on our on our podcast. And she was cute. We were like, why did you say yes to us? Like, you're basically like the Oprah of Instagram. And she was like, I don't know. You guys were dietitians and it was really cool because she's she's a dietitian, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm looking at how many followers really quick she has because she's like 1.3 million people. Yeah. She's massive. Tons. But she never posted um, our podcast episode on her Instagram, which was a little disappointing. So, Megan, if you're listening, which I'm sure you're not, but if you're listening, <laughs> if you could post that, that'd be great. Oh, Gina, I love you. All right. So let's move on to the giveaway. All right. So as we've already said, we celebrate our 100th 100th episode today, and we're going to be giving away an Instapot. So for the the person who asked the question about getting a meal ready and doing your workout and hanging out with your kids, an Instapot is what you need. So basically, the Instapot that we're giving out has slow cooker and pressure cooker settings, as well as settings for saute, rice, and yogurt making, as well as steaming and food warming. All you have to do to enter into this uh, giveaway is write a review on iTunes. After writing a review, send us a message on Instagram or Facebook, which is at Dietitians Dish Podcast, to let us know about it. And if you've already written one, you are already entered. Okay. Extra entries for sharing our giveaway post on Instagram, which will be the, the post for this episode. Uh, so you'll see all this, the detail that I just said out loud posted on our Instagram page. So if, if, in case you forget what you have to do, so you'll have to share that post if you want to be entered twice. If you've already got an Instapot, don't worry. Think about maybe gifting this to someone that you know who's getting married, a friend or family, 
or even a new parent. I know I've got some weddings coming up in October and I've got one of my best friends who's having her first baby soon. So this would be something I would love to give either of them. So yeah, again, more details will be on this post. So if you're listening right now, the post has already been posted on Instagram. So go there and check it out. Write us a review, repost our Instagram post and let everyone know about our 100th episode giveaway. Didn't <laughs> Anything think we'd else ever see today? Oh my God, I'm so I proud know. of us. Me too. It does not feel like 100 episodes, but here we are. Kind of a lot. It is a lot. I am very, I'm, I'm proud of us as well. <laughs> All right, so speaking of being proud, what are your mom wins for the week or favorite new products or recipes? Going rogue. Um, the movie okay. McFarland. Have you heard and of it? What is that? No. Okay. It's a place ooh, in t- California. I was going to say Texas, California. Um, and it's based off a true story about cross country, a predominantly, um, uh, I, uh, I guess Mexican community in okay. California called McFarland. And okay. they have a coach, a, well, a, football coach come in and he ends up teaching um coaching tra- uh cross country sorry but it's just it's just an awesome movie about i i just it's just a feel good movie my i just love sports and like underdog movies that's all i'll say and um, what where where is it playing on did you say I netflix think it's 3.99 on netflix yes it's available for rent now yep. on netflix it's 3.99 isn't everything free on netflix okay you can rent it somewhere for 3.99 maybe amazon prime oh maybe I feel like I've actually heard of it. I feel like someone else was saying it's was not it... new. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm looking it up while, while you do. Okay. Great. Amanda. All right. So Amanda, and now I cannot think of her last name, but she just came out with a cookbook, which I've mentioned on this podcast before. We'll put the uh, the link in the show notes, but you can get it on Amazon. It's I don't know, 100 meals under 30 minutes, which might be good for that person asking about the quick meal ideas. I've gone through and sort of, you know, made note um, of the of the recipes that I thought that my children would enjoy, one of which was ranch chicken tenders. I will say I kind of I did I kind of messed up the recipe a little bit. In other words, I forgot to buy I didn't cut the chicken into chicken tenders, so I ended up actually just taking thin uh, pieces of chicken breast and making them into quote-unquote tenders and then cutting them afterwards. In hindsight, I should have cut them first, obviously, but I would just got lazy. But they were really good. I actually, what I, what I decided to do was the recipe had a, a Greek yogurt and ranch powder dip. I actually added the ranch powder to the panko crumbs and, and sort of um, rolled the chicken in that and then put it in the air fryer. They were so, so good. We're actually still eating them today. This was like one of those things that we've kind of eaten for three days. Nick actually made a sandwich with it. I saw him upstairs uh, before I came down here putting it on a, a nice brioche bun with some pickles mm. and some mayonnaise. I'm like, that looks so good. So I will put the link to her to her cookbook in our show notes if you're interested. It's not a bad price at all. And so far, I've been pleased with her recipe. So check that out. Yeah. All right. So coming up on August 1st, and we'll be Amazon dishing with- Prime. I'm so rude. It's oh. Amazon Prime. You're right. Okay. No, it's fine. Okay. That's what I thought. Because okay. I, I feel like Netflix never- like charges. I could be wrong, but I feel like I don't ever have to pay anything for Netflix, but I don't know. Anyway, so thank you. McFarland. Sounds good. No, it's fine. All right. Here I go. Coming up on August 1st, we will be dishing with Kelly Hiltz about tips for getting your kids to read and suggestions for kids and adult books. 
Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitians Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. And check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds and you'll be entered to win our giveaway of an Instapot. All right, everyone. Until next time, be well. And Nicole, we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, Gina. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.